All right, day 252. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so the last day of Mark, man, Mark 13 through 16. Yeah. You know, we already talked about before in the last uh, section that they're in Jerusalem. This is the last week of Jesus' life. And Mark is going to draw out this long narrative to talk about the last week of Christ's life, particularly his trial and his passion and his crucifixion. He'll spend a ton of time there. And so in 13, well, so, yeah, really quick, yeah. like all the gospels, right? One of the things that sets oh, yeah. the gospels apart. Um, yeah, Fleming Rutledge talks about this in a book, Crucifixion, is that uh, they all give at least a third, some, a half of their time to the last week of his life, the crucifixion, uh, his death, burial, and resurrection, because that is, yeah, one of the central parts of the reason why Christ <laughs> came to the earth. He came to die for our sins and to raise uh, for new life. And so this is an important part of the gospel, right? The rest of the story is leading up to here. So, yep. yeah, literally it's been called passion narratives with extended prologues. Right, right, right. right the right, gospels. Right. Um, and one of the things too, on that point, while I'm thinking about it, one of the things that set the, these four apart from the Gnostic Gospels right. that came later. At One, those Gospels weren't written in the first century, but also they didn't have crucifixion narratives. Right, right, right. right. And so uh, we see the difference there. So yeah, so 13, man, he's going to talk about the end times. This is called the Olivet Discourse and many other, uh, and it's in uh, all of the other Gospels. And basically he's just going to talk about the destruction of the temple, right? And he's like, yo, this temple is going to be torn down. So we remember 586 BC, Babylon comes and destroys the temple. Why? Because Israel was rebellious, rejecting the prophets, rejecting the word of the Lord. Here he's saying, yo, this temple will be destroyed because y'all rejected the Messiah. Right. right? The one y'all have been waiting for. This is the one that Israel has rejected. So this joint's going to be torn down and he's going to go through a ton of stuff. It's heavily debated the timing of all of these things. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's clear is that, you know, um, man, He's trying to encourage diligent discipleship and faithful service to the Lord in the present, right? Right. Regardless of what the future looks like, right? So knowing the end from the beginning should lead us to be alert, right? Right. Because we don't know when the day of the Lord is coming, but we need to be prepared for it. Ah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Three things I think that we get from Mark chapter 13. The very first one is just this, like, Jesus doesn't want us to trust in what's temporary, however impressive it may be. So he starts off and he's like, yo, do you see this temple? How big it is, how beautiful, how grand, right? He talks about how impressive it is. And he says, listen, not one stone is going to remain on top of the other. He he hmm. just clues them into even this grand thing is temporary, right? Don't trust in the things that are yeah. temporary. And That's then good. he goes on and like you said, he helps them see what lies at the end so that they don't tremble in the face of trouble, right? Mm, There's something mm, about mm. knowing the future. Even like bad news can be good news if you get it early uh, enough, right? Like Mm, the mm. weatherman, if he's like, yo, it's going to rain, there's going to be a tornado. It's, It's bad news, but it would be really bad news if you didn't get it until after the fact. If you got that bad news before the fact, now you can't what? Prepare, stay alert, look for Mm. the Lord's 
coming. And that's what he does here in Mark chapter 13, right? So even this this heavy text is a sign of Jesus's love for his disciples, that they would prepare themselves and not move through life governed by fear and sadness. Mm, That's excellent, man. That's super excellent. Um, You know, in 14, uh, there's a few things that stuck out to me. 14 is really, really long. I didn't realize how long it was until I was reading it. Um, But one of the things that stuck out to me is just this woman who is anointing Jesus's body for burial. And we see this prominent theme of women in Mark's gospel. So even at the end, you'll have the women. And at the beginning, you have, uh, you know, uh, Jesus healing uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Just all of these women show miraculous amounts of faith. And here they have this kind of insight or he or she has this kind of insight and faith that the disciples don't even understand. Right. They're like, yo, what's going on? What's she doing? Like, we could have used this for get to the poor, like, you know, sold this and made money to give to the poor. Um, and it's, so it's amazing like, how they saw her worship as an act of waste. Yeah. And right. it's like, no, right? But it's again, it's showing this kind of paradox that, man, the disciples don't really get, get it, it yet. Right, yeah. And she does. And so super excellent there, um, just showing the prominence of women in the way Christ lift up, lifts, the way that Christianity can lift up when really rightly understood, right. lifts up the role of women in the life of um, the body of believers. So that was dope to me, yeah. but also like the Passover. Do you want to uh, say something about that? No, no, you got it. You got it. Yeah, yeah, the Passover was was crazy because it's like, you know, Jesus has this Passover with the twelve, where they, you know, the Passover was this festival in Israel where they celebrated the redemption from Egypt. Right. You know, God took the the lambs, the spotless lamb, covered the Israelite households, and killed all the firstborn in in Egypt. Yeah. But if you were covered by the blood, you were fine. Right. And Christ is going to say, no, I'm the lamb. That's my blood. And it's pointing to my redemption. That's good. So Christ, so Christ is going to take this centuries, imagine centuries long tradition right. that defined the people of God and make it about himself. Right. So in other words, for, for him to do that and be lying. Right. 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 <laughs> like, like it's a problem. Right? right. But for him to do that and really mean it means all that God's promises are here looking us in the eyes. That's good, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That as that meal goes on, right, Jesus starts to say, hey, listen, and once again, bad news told beforehand is really good news, right? Because yeah. uh, you can prepare for it. Jesus says, look, listen, all it, like he's trying to give them this invitation to be weak, right? Man, all of y'all are going to betray me. All of y'all are going to run away. Right, mm-hmm. and he's gonna say, "But look, I'm gonna go ahead of you to Galilee." Galilee. Meaning, look, yeah. y'all are all gonna run away, but look, there's still gonna be a, a reunion, and I'm gonna lead that charge. And Peter says, "Yeah, Jesus, yo, save your prayer, save your uh, warning. I have my resolve." So Jesus is mm-hmm. actually saying. I'm giving you this invitation to be weak, right? I'm giving mm-hmm. you this invitation. I know the worst about you, but it's that it's for that very reason that I'm going to the cross to die for you. And he gives them this invitation to be weak, but the disciples don't return the RSVP. Peter's mm-hmm. like, nah, I'm good. I'm straight. Uh, and then like the next story, Jesus is actually really going to cement this inside of them, right? So he's already taught them how to pray, but then we get the prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. And when Jesus goes to pray, yeah, there's three people that he brings with him. Peter, 
James and John, right? Mm-hmm. If if you've read Mark so far, what you've seen is remember James and John in Mark ten say, "Nah, Jesus, we can drink from the cup. Like we're stronger than the rest of them." Peter saying, "Lord, everybody else can turn. I'm not going to deny you." Jesus mm-hmm. brings Peter, James, and John to, in a sense, teach them how to pray, and we see Jesus agonizing in the garden, and they fall asleep. And then the betrayal takes place, and Mm -hmm. here's what we see, right? This is a story, not just about the content of Christ's prayer, but the context of it. It's showing the power that comes from prayer, prayerfulness Mm -hmm. and prayerlessness, right? And I think Mm -hmm. we talked about this before, Matthew. But then when people actually come to arrest Jesus, Mm -hmm. Jesus stands firm, meets them head on, Peter, James, and John, and the rest of the crew run away from people that didn't even chase them. And you just mm. see the difference of what takes place with a life empowered by prayer um, and a life that isn't. Yeah, that's so great, man. And, uh, you know, 15 is, 14 and 15 both talk about his trial. So 14, he's going to go on the Jewish trial, right? He's going to go before the religious elites at the time, the Sanhedrin, who would take court cases. And they didn't have the power to prosecute Right. Jesus, right? And mm. so they take him to Pontius Pilate. And so what we see is he's going to have this Jewish and Roman trial. And I think I said this in Matthew, to show that both Jews and Gentiles were culpable in seeing to it that Christ died. Right. And the irony is he died for both Jews and Gentiles right. to save them. And so in 15, you know, you get this, this irony to show that Christ is the Messiah, that he is king, right? And so you're going to see the Romans here, you know, they're going to put a purple robe on him. They're going to put a crown of thorns mm. on his head, right? The Roman soldiers are going to taunt him and say, oh, hell, king of the Jews. Yeah. And then they're going to actually mock him and get on their knees and act like they're paying uh, homage mm. to Jesus. And this is all ironic because, you know, the way this is the way in which he really does become king, right? right. The very means they try to use to stop the coming of God's kingdom mm. is the way in which God's kingdom comes bro That's and nice. it's so amazing that the lord can use the the wickedness of men to bring about his own redemptive purposes right like jesus they don't realize that jesus wins through suffering he conquers through defeat right the gospel is upside down and now and then this too bro killed me <clears throat> you know the gospel is political right yeah. the, the gospel is not just religious it's yeah. political so it's religious in the fact that they're crucifying him because he's blaspheming the Jews, he's blaspheming, and he's saying he's the king of the Jews, he's the Messiah, right? Right. But the 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 Romans are saying no, he's going against the political order. He's disrupting this thing. Right. He's saying he's king. Caesar's really king. Right. 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 And so the cross is a um, is a punishment for political rebellion. Right. Right. And so we see Christ here reorienting the polit- the political governmental structure of the ancient world. Yep. And then you have Barabbas here. Yep. Barabbas, he's going to switch places with Barabbas. Right. Now remember, Barabbas is a prisoner. Yeah. He gets in prison for murder. Yeah. Right. Jesus says the purpose of his coming, Mark 10.45, the whole book of Mark can be summarized in Mark 10.45. Yeah. Right. For the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to uh did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a what? A ransom. ransom. 
for many. What yeah. is a ransom? Well, a ransom is a price paid to free a prisoner from bondage. Uh, what does Jesus do in Mark 15? That's he dope. frees a prisoner that's from dope. bondage. That's dope. that's dope. He frees Barabbas. That's dope. So in other words, what he's trying to show us is, no, no, no. We're really Barabbas. We're right. really the ones who are in bondage to sin, to Satan, and to death. Right. And Christ says, no, I'm going to take your place. Uh, right in the same way I took Barabbas's place. Barabbas's name in Hebrew means son of the father. Uh, we see that the true son of the father, Jesus is going to die for our sins. That's amazing, bro. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. And Jesus yeah, man. is on the cross. It's so cr- Mark tells the story it's so wild, bro. Jesus on the cross in Mark chapter 15. Bro, and here's what I love. After he dies, right, it says the curtain of the temple was torn in two, right? The curtain was the thing that kept people, because of their sin, from being able to have face time with God, right? So a representative would go on behalf. But this curtain, right, Jesus is crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaking me? God, right, so Jesus feels this sense of God's back turning on him for the sin that he carried, the temple of the or the curtains torn in two, which means, look, it's not just that God can get out, but now Amen. outsiders can get in, can have this FaceTime with God. And look, Amen. everybody misunderstands Jesus throughout the Gospels, right? In his mm. healing, in his, um, Peter misunderstands him in his glory and transfiguration. But do you know what? After the crucified Messiah is on the cross, the first person to really understand what went on is mm-hmm. not a Jew. It's a Gentile soldier, right? So you wow. see the Gentile Roman centurion, the person who literally had a hand in the crucifixion, looks up not at the king in glory, but at this crucified king who mm-hmm. died innocently and nobly and says, Dad, truly. That's the son of God. And it's Mark Mm. showing that, no, no, look, 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 look. Like, he doesn't say that's the king of the Jews. He says, nah, this is the son of God. This gospel, this God is meant for all nations. And that's seen by the very first person to recognize it as an outsider, which reminds us, right? Mm. None of us are too far, right? Right? Mm. The first person to understand who Christ was was somebody who couldn't have been further from the truth of the Jews and their religion and their God. But even in Christ's death, he's showing the miracle of revelation, which should just be an encouragement to us who can look and think through our lives and think about how far we are and how far we've been from God. If our eyes have been opened to see him for who he is, that's a gift that's come from God. Amen. And in 16, you know, the resurrection happens, right? Um, women go to the tomb and they are the first ones to realize that Christ isn't there. Right. And they are the first ones to tell folks yeah. that Christ isn't there. So we right. have, again, the prominent role of women in the ancient world who couldn't have a testimony in court because of their social status. Right going to tell people about the good news of this king who was crucified surely that's but even good. more so has been raised that's good yep yeah and, and his resurrection oh. his life yeah changes everything they come to a tomb to take care of somebody that's dead 
And the fact that Jesus is alive changes everything about what they do with their lives from that point on. And the resurrection is meant to do the same thing for us, right? If Christ really got up from the dead, it's mm -hmm. meant to change everything about life as we know it. And so, yeah, let's pray that that would be the case for us, uh, not just today, but every day. Father, we thank you for the fact mm -hmm. that you actually got up from the grave. You've changed our relation to the word final. Lord, death is not something that has finality. It is a pit stop en route to glory. I pray that we would live as if that's so, Lord. Would you help us to invest our lives today uh, for the betterment of our family, for the betterment of our friends, our community, um, our children, God, our neighbors, those that are close to you and those that are far from you. Help us to use and to spend our lives well as we follow you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.